Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Hey there, I am so glad that you are joining me today because we are kicking off a brand new message series called Citizens uh, that I'm really excited about. Now, in 2018, over 756,000 people became citizens in the United States. That means that over three quarters of a million people believed in the ideals and opportunities of the United States more than those of their countries of origin. And becoming a citizen in the United States is not easy. There are some really strict requirements to get citizenship. First, you have to live in the country for at least five years, which means that you have to get a green card or a visa just to live here, and those aren't easy to get. You have to have a job, uh, and you have to prove valuable to the country. Second, you have to be able to read, write, speak basic English. Um, You have to have a basic understanding of U.S. history and government or civics. Uh, which some of us really struggled in high school. You have to be a person of good moral character. I don't know if that disqualifies some of us or some of our politicians. Uh, You have to demonstrate an attachment to the principles and ideals of the U.S. Constitution, finally. That's a big one. Now, there are lots of people you know who have become U.S. citizens who weren't. Uh, Jim Carrey from Canada. Um, Emily Blunt, who played Mary Poppins. She became an American citizen. Nicole Kidman and Keith Urban became U.S. citizens. Uh, Kumail Nanjiani, I hope I nailed his name, he became a U.S. citizen. And my favorite of all, easy, is Billy Idol. What's more American than stinking Billy Idol becoming an American citizen? It's not easy to become American citizen. It can take upwards of 20 years or more just to do it. And it's not just a question of location, but of allegiance. It's not just about where you live, but how you live and what you're living for. By what guiding principles have you chosen to live your life? And people who become American citizens, they've chosen the U.S. Constitution and American values of freedom to guide how they live and to guide the decisions they make. It comes with a new responsibility that you will follow and live out the values of your new country. But citizenship doesn't just come with responsibilities, it also comes with with the rights of citizenship, the freedom to speak your mind without being arrested or imprisoned, Uh, the freedom to not be forced into a government-mandated religion, or to worship in the way and in the faith that you want to. All citizenship comes with responsibilities and rights. Now, some countries are better at that than others. So the Apostle Paul, he lived at a time when citizenship was a really big deal. In the Roman-occupied world of the first century, Roman citizens had rights that other people just didn't. They had rights to due process, to vote, uh, to wealth, and to freedom. But they also had to have allegiance to Roman values. And one of those values was that Caesar is Lord of all. You know how our money says, in God we trust? Well, Roman coins said, Caesar is Lord. Now, could you imagine if our currency said, George Washington is God? In fact, when Roman emperors would die, they were deified. They were considered gods. And in around 29 BC, Augustus Caesar, he began to allow himself to be worshipped as a god while he was still alive. And these imperial cults started up that straight up worshipped Roman emperors. They had temples and everything. That 
was Roman citizenship. That was Roman citizenship when Jesus lived, and it was Roman citizenship when the church first started. Paul was a Roman citizen, and with all of the rights and responsibilities that came with it, uh, in a world where citizenship was a huge deal, and that's why it was so rebellious and revolutionary what he wrote to the believers at the church in Philippi. Now look at what Paul writes. He says this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. He says, but we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. Now that sounds perfectly appropriate church language, right? I mean, it just sounds like something that Christians would say, but let me break this down for you. Because in one sentence, Paul says two things that redefine his citizenship and declare open revolt against Rome. And first he says this, we are citizens of heaven. With this, he's publicly tearing down his Roman citizenship, one of the most valuable things a person could have at this time and place. And he's pumping up his new citizenship in the kingdom of God, which is a huge insult to Rome, rejecting that and embracing a new citizenship. And then he says this, he declares that Jesus is Lord, not Caesar, not the guy who's on the coins. This is a huge insult to Caesar. This is insurrection. I mean, this is rebellion. This is outright rejection of the Roman way of life. But here's the heart of what Paul is saying to first century Christians in a Roman world and to us. He's saying, if you follow Jesus, you are a citizen of his kingdom, and he is Lord of all your life. This is a big deal for Paul to say, because Paul is publicly declaring that his citizenship in the kingdom of God takes priority over his Roman citizenship. His allegiance to Jesus trumps his allegiance to Caesar. And he's telling us that to follow Jesus, you and I must do the same thing. See, if you follow Jesus, you are a citizen of his kingdom, and he is the Lord of all of your life. Not just the spiritual parts, not just the church parts, not just the quiet personal parts, not even just the parts that we're willing to follow him in, but all of it. What you say, what you do, everything. When you follow Jesus, you are a citizen. This is your new country. It's now the place where your first allegiance lies. But it's not like that for many of us, though, is it? You know, I'll, I'll give Jesus my Sunday mornings, but he better not touch my Friday and Saturday nights, right? You know, he can have my time, but don't touch my money. He can speak to my church life, but not my sex life, or my social media, or my anger, or my attitude. And sometimes we live like we have dual citizenship, right? I mean, I'm a citizen of heaven when I need God's help, but I can be a citizen of Chris land, you know, when I want to do things my way. Paul understands this human nature, this, this struggle that we all have to be citizens. And that's why he wrote this part before uh, Philippians 3.20. He writes Philippians 3.17 and he says this, Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I've told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, 
that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They're headed for destruction because their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our Savior. This is what Paul's saying. He says, he says what I'm saying and doing is rebellious and revolutionary. I mean, this is straight up Hamilton type stuff. But you have to follow this same pattern with your life if you are going to follow Jesus with me. And then Paul sets up two different types of people, those who will live for themselves and those who will live for Jesus, citizens of their own kingdom and citizens of heaven. And take note of a couple things. Okay, first, Paul's talking about Christians here. He's talking about followers of Jesus. He is saying that, those, that there are those who say they follow Jesus, but really follow themselves. Second thing I want you to see is this, is that there's no judgment here. Okay, Paul's not sitting on his ivory tower handing out life lessons to people he thinks that he's better than. No. The, the fact that there are people who say that they are followers of Jesus but who have not actually made Jesus the Lord of their lives or every part of their lives, it breaks his heart. Paul says this with tears. He says it with sorrow, not judgment. And he says it to remind us where and who we belong to. Okay, your citizenship defines your identity. And your identity changes when you say yes to Jesus. You know, those celebrities we talked about earlier, when they became citizens of the United States, they took their old citizenship, their old allegiances, and, and their old priorities, and they put them under those of their new country. And not one of them would say they aren't proud of where they came from. Not one of them would say they aren't proud of their home, but they hold up this new status as Americans as their primary citizenship and identification now. And it's the same with us. No matter where we come from, what country, what state, what background, what belief system, we put all of those things under Christ. This is, this is where we came from, but it's not the place we belong to anymore because Christ comes above. We are citizens of heaven, and Jesus is our Lord. And that means this. That our old citizenship, our old allegiances, uh, our old values, and our old priorities, that, that those are now put underneath those of our new kingdom. Jesus is the total and complete Lord of our lives now. He now defines our primary rights. He defines our responsibilities. And we can still be proud of where we come from, but it doesn't define us anymore. Our identities aren't connected to that place anymore. Because we are first and foremost identified with Jesus. And now our total allegiance is to his kingdom first. An election's coming up and, and, and whenever there's an election or it's time to vote, I take a lot of pride in it when I go do it. I put the sticker on and everything. Because there's something fulfilling about exercising your rights and responsibilities as a citizen. And what I want for you and what I know God wants for you is to understand that when you prioritize and when you exercise your rights and responsibilities as a, as a citizen of the kingdom of God, 
That's where you will find ultimate fulfillment. That's where you find peace and wholeness. You see, you may feel dissatisfied and disconnected in your relationship with God, and it's not because it's not because a life following him isn't completely fulfilling, because it is. It might be because you're still living like a citizen of your own kingdom. You haven't really made him Lord of everything. You've added him on to what you already had, hoping that maybe he'll be the ingredient that'll make things work, but but Jesus isn't an ingredient that you add in. He's the whole soup. You jump into him. The, the old has to pass away so that the new can take hold. Maybe at best, you've held on to a dual citizenship where Jesus and your old life or Jesus and America have kind of become the same thing. But there's no dual citizenship with him. Jesus is either the Lord of all or not Lord at all. And whichever it is, maybe today you need to recommit your, to your new citizenship and invite Jesus to be the Lord of all of your life, including some parts that maybe you haven't let him speak to yet. Maybe you're watching this and you aren't a follower of Jesus at all. You're not a Bible person, a church person, and Jesus is inviting you into this new citizenship. He's inviting you into a new identification in a whole new fulfilling kingdom. Rome lasted about a thousand years and God willing, the United States will last longer, but God's kingdom, what you're invited into is eternal. It's a forever identity that you are invited into a forever change, an eternal kingdom with purpose and with meaning, with hope and with love. Will you say yes to Jesus today and join us, join me in becoming a citizen? And, and finally, just to wrap up, I mean, what can we do? I understand I'm a citizen now. What, what's the next step? Well, I'll tell you this, come back next time. Okay, today we were just reminded that we are citizens of heaven, but over the next several weeks in the series, we are gonna talk about what that actually means. So, so remember, when you are a citizen of heaven, when you say yes to Jesus, he gives you a completely new life, a new identity, and a new citizenship. But it also means this, that Jesus demands lordship over every aspect of your life. But when you give it to him, everything changes for the better. Will you finally say yes to Jesus? Will you finally say yes to Jesus in the corners of your life that you've had a hard time letting go of? Will you finally say yes to Jesus with your broken parts or with the, the parts you're ashamed of or the parts you're embarrassed about or the parts that you really just want to hold on to for yourself? Will you finally say yes? Will you embrace your new citizenship and really own the fact that Jesus is Lord of my life. Thank you, Father, for what you're doing in us and through us. Thank you for the citizenship and the new identity that you offer each and every one of us. That where we came from, God, whether we look back on it with regret or whether we look back on it fondly, Jesus, that that's not where we belong anymore. That's not who we belong to anymore, but that we are now yours. I pray that you would help us to walk in this new citizenship and learn over the next several weeks of what that means for us. We thank you, Lord. Your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. 
If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com. 